0: Welcome to episode 83 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're looking at season 4, episode 2, Home, original air date October 11th, 1996. The action primarily takes place in Pennsylvania. When I collated the IMDb scores early on, this came out at 8.8 out of 10. Now it's up to 9.0 out of 10. This is usually one of the most talked about episodes of the series, even though it didn't have a lot to do with continuity, partly because the reaction to it when it first aired guaranteed that Fox would never air these characters on television again. The teaser opens with what appears to be a troubled birth in a very dim room. You can't really make out the the people in the room that well, other than the fact that they are somewhat deformed. The baby is born, and while they know what to do with it, they take it out to a field and bury it. One of the three guys who's burying it bursts out in tears. They all have body language that say, you know, they're not really happy with it, but they still buried a newborn alive. And director Kim Manners set up one of these shots from the baby's point of view. So this is definitely one of the more disturbing episodes. It starts with the killing of a newborn from the newborn's point of view and continues from there. So ultimately, Mulder and Scully are called in to investigate this small town. Now, we mentioned last time that writers Morgan and Wong said they'd bring as many of their space above and beyond cast members over to the X-Files as they could, and indeed they did. Tucker Smallwood plays Sheriff Andy Taylor in a rather blatant reference to The Andy Griffith Show, and Mayberry, that was Andy Griffith's character on that. He had a deputy named Barney Fife. The deputy here is Barney Pastor, but still Deputy Barney. So they think, you know, this is a, a little town, things like that don't really happen. The baby's corpse was discovered by a bunch of young boys playing baseball, and Mulder and Scully recognize that the Peacocks, or you know, this family as they are known, who built their home in what they refer to as the War of Northern Aggression, have been just kind of out doing their own thing, they're sort of keep to themselves, and they are rather inbred. And they have been inbred for generations, which is the cause of the physical deformities that we see. Their parents were in a severe car accident that and required immediate medical attention, haven't been seen in ten years because the boys took the bodies back with them. While Muller and Scully spend most of the time operating under the idea that, yeah, given the deformities of this child and the inbreeding of that family, they are probably the fathers. Or, you know, one of them is probably the father, and you know, they believe that they may have a kidnapped woman in there that they're using essentially for breeding purposes. Now, the peacocks do kill people quite violently to protect their way of life and make sure no one changes it. Including both the sheriff and his deputy. Mulder and Scully manage to avoid getting killed by them, but they do discover that their mother did survive, and she was the mother of this infant as well. And while they are trying to bring them all in for this murder, you know, they attack, much like the hyenas attack in a wilderness special that Mulder manages to get to kind of sort of come through on the hotel TV. And two of the three boys end up dying in the assault, while the third escapes with Ma Peacock as they go out to try and start new lives elsewhere. So not entirely a happy ending, but nothing supernatural about it. This is one where the science is fairly straightforward. There are rare genes that can cause certain birth defects. Now, the traits that Scully sees are what they call dominant genes. So genes, for the most part, come in pairs, at least in the human species. Some exceptions are in the males of the species because of the X and Y chromosomes. Females have two X chromosomes. Male have an X and a Y. And some genes are only present on the X and not on the Y, which is why colorblindness is so much more common in males. Ultimately, what matters is that these are dominant genes. So when you have one gene from each parent, if one is dominant and one is recessive, the dominant gene is the one that's represented. So these can be rare just because not many people carry that dominant gene. But in order to have these defects expressed in the offspring, at least one parent must also have them. So, aside from the supposition that three males combined became the father of this child, which is not completely unprecedented, there can be cases where you get a single egg with multiple fertilizations, not typically with three, more like just two, but it can happen. This is how we get so many dominant traits all at once. The issue is that when you've got one family doing this for generations, all the traits would have had to have been there from the beginning. Because you're not introducing any new genes and mutation is relatively slow when you're talking about, you know, maybe a dozen people over a couple generations, then there really is no possibility to introduce new genetic material. This is why a lot of the royal families stopped just marrying each other because the gene pool was too small and these genetic undesirable traits were getting a little too common. Things like hemophilia and other risk factors. So, the the science in this episode certainly works, as does the story. And this is an X-Files episode with no supernatural elements, and it is still riveting. Kim Manners knew how to direct it, Morgan and Wong knew how to write it. This is just outright creepy. Partly because these guys are so nasty, partly because it's so plausible and so realistic. Now, the three peacock boys, the adult males, none of them has had a stellar or terribly notable career in acting. Their mother, played by Karen Conneval, has appeared in the new Planets of the Apes movies 2012. This is her second and final appearance on the X-Files, although she will go on to appear three times as two different characters in Millennium. Tucker Smallwood wasn't just on Space Above and Beyond as Commodore Ross. He also appears in three different episodes of Seinfeld, in Millennium, in Frasier, Star Trek Voyager, Malcolm and Eddie, Though he's best known for the one Year 2000's Traffic, Contact, and Deep Impact, according to the IMDb, and he had a regular recurring role on Star Trek Enterprise. Sebastian Spence is before they were stars type casting. He's not a huge star, but his most prominent roles definitely followed the X Files. He was the star of First Wave. He was in Battlestar Galactica, Blood and Chrome as Jim Kirby. He was in Sophie. He was in Crossing the Eternals. He was the voice of Bruce Banner in Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. And he was Lieutenant Noel Narcho Allison in the main run of the new Battlestar Galactica series. And then finally, Judith Maxey, who played the wife of Sheriff Andy Taylor, is best known for small roles in The New Day of the Earth Stood Still, Catwoman, Descendants, and Man of the House. So she was also in Battlestar Galactica as the PyCon Delegate. A couple episodes of Smallville as Dr. Albright. She was Dr. Wilson on The L Word but she's got a fairly extensive career, often in unnamed roles. Things like woman number one, that sort of thing. So this is one of the better and best known episodes of the X-Files, but as I said, it's also one of the creepiest because of the content and because of how incredibly well-made the episode is. So that's about all we have to say about Home. Join us again in two weeks for Teleco, the third episode of the season. Thank you for listening.